This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Saturday. Um, We've got a super busy show today, obviously. What a crazy week. Uh, with, with Donald Trump, it's it's amazing. Like, I didn't think uh, is Trump allowed to follow through on all his campaign promises? Like, no president ever does. So it's just so odd that he is. So uh, we'll talk obviously all about that. But I want to start here. Why are tampons and pads still taxed when Viagra and Rogaine are not? Is your erection really more than? Protecting the sacred, messy part of my womanhood is the blood stain on my jeans. More embarrassing than the thinning of your hair. Okay, we, we can we can stop there. Uh, that's how are you, Slater Crusaders? America's the greatest country in the world. That's that's Ashley Judd uh, at the Women's March. Part of her six-minute. Spoken word performance. Uh, uh, honest question. Would you want your daughters or your daughter to grow up and, and do that or be like that? Uh, go Google her Ashley Judd women's March speech and you can hear the whole thing. Now, maybe that's my patriarchy speaking. Um, but it is it's pretty it's pretty nasty. And it's gross. So we're going to talk a lot about the Women's March today because there's so many really fascinating themes wrapped up in this one event uh, and and movement, which is one of my points. It's not much of a movement. There was a host on CNBC who said, who wrote on Twitter, has there ever been a larger nationally coordinated protest than what's going on today? Which is a great question, right? And, and, Has there been a larger nationally coordinated protest than what's going on today? And the answer is yes. Every year at the March for Life event in Washington, D.C. Every year. So they're saying that 700,000 women showed up for the anti-Trump protest this last weekend. It was Saturday, day after the inauguration, right? 700,000 women. That's a lot. But the March for Life event has been going on every year since 1974. That's when Roe v. Wade was decided every year it brings in about 250,000 people. But since 2009, it's been bringing in about 400,000 people. And in 2013, there were 650,000 people every single year. So, I mean, that's just an answer to that question off the top of my head. Yes. The March for life event. (laughs) And that's an amazing example of what we're going to talk about today. It's a perfect example. So he asks, 
if there's ever been a larger coordinated protest than what happened last weekend? And the answer isn't, well, yes, I mean, an anti-war protest, right? The Iraq war anti-war protest. Or, yes, something that has nothing to do with the topic of, of this most recent protest. The answer is yes, a protest every year that is basically the exact opposite of the protest this weekend. <laughs> right? Are you with me? It's the pretty much the exact opposite. Don't be confused. Do not be confused for a second. The women's march, the protest this last weekend, it's entirely about abortion. That's all it is. They can disguise it, pretend it's about other things, pretend it's about larger issues like women's rights, whatever. It's abortion. So here's this large gathering of people who are pro-abortion, pro-choice. But every year, there's an annual gathering of just as many women against abortion for life, for the exact opposite of what happened last week. And that's hilarious. But the media is going to pretend like this is an unprecedented event that happened last year. And I think the March for Life event is next weekend. So we'll see how many women show up for that. We'll see how much coverage that event gets. But this is what I want to talk about in this segment. I want to talk about this embrace. I don't know how to word it. I don't, I don't know how to, to encapsulate the, the, the theme, the title in one sentence. I want to talk about how, how ugly is beautiful in today's culture, how ugly is embraced, how vulgar is embraced, how what Ashley Judd de- did on stage there, and that was only 20 seconds of it, but what, what she did there is, is celebrated. And I think we need to be aware of this. So the larger story here, if we can take a half a step back, the larger story is there's no such thing as objective truth. We're told there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's all just whatever you feel like doing. Okay. So there's no such thing as objective truth. That's one of the progressives central tenets. No such thing as objective truth. Similarly, we are told beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Now I want to be very clear here for the sake of our radio conversation. I'm going to make three categories because I'm wading into some dangerous territory here. So bear with me. It's important. I'm going to make three categories, beautiful, average, and ugly. Now, this is not about anyone's physical appearance. It's not what this is about. I'm not talking about physical appearance. It's about so much more than that. It's about manners and values and language and dress and posture and everything combined. So when I say beautiful, average, and ugly, I'm not talking about your looks. I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about who, who you embody. The goal in life for men and women used to be to be beautiful. Remember the theme of the year? Whatever is, it's from the Bible, Philippians. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think about such things, all right? So focus on what is beautiful, what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And then you have the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things we need to be. These are the pinnacle of things to think about and things to become. They're beautiful. Then you have average. This is just nothing. This is, uh, Average talk, average manners, bland, neutral, lukewarm, nothing. 
neither neither beautiful nor ugly. It's just nothing. And then below that, you have ugly, which is an example of what you just heard. Now, for a long time, the goal was to be beautiful. Now, for people who didn't want to do that or for whatever reason, they decided to just settle with average and you just float on through life. You don't do anything noteworthy. You don't become anything noteworthy. You don't try to be any of the fruits of the spirit. You don't try to focus on excellent and praiseworthy things. You just sort of coast. And that's whatever. But what we're living through today is this bizarre counterculture of I don't want to be beautiful or, or the patriarchy says I must be beautiful. So out of spite, I'm going to be ugly. I'm going to be the opposite of beautiful. Right? So like, like average used to be sort of just like a laziness or whatever. But now it's like this, this purposeful drive to be ugly, to embrace nastiness, to embrace being gross, to be ugly, to look ugly, to talk ugly, to dress ugly. Now, I'm just going to, again, be clear in case you're just tuning in. I'm not talking about supermodels and overweight people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about physical attractiveness. attractiveness. It's everything. I want to take a break here. And after we get back, I want to give you a bunch of examples of this embracing and celebration of ugliness. But let me just wet your palate with one. Do you remember a few months ago, there was this, this whole push, and it was a Twitter thing and all the rest, to... Shout your abortion. Shout your abortion. Now, this is a perfect example of, of beautiful, average, ugly. Bringing life into the world, the creation of life, it's a miracle. It is a beautiful thing. To create life, to bring life into the world, to love it, and take care of this new soul. I speaking as a father of a four-month-old. And taking care of the soul could be being a parent or adoption, right? So you can help other people become parents. That's the goal, right? That's, that's the vision of life. Now, maybe someone in the past, if they couldn't be beautiful, right? They couldn't bring life into the world or adoption. Maybe you would have an abortion and, and keep it quiet. We'll call that neutral for now, for the sake of our conversation. But today... You're supposed to be proud of your abortion. You're supposed to shout it. You're supposed to tell the world how selfish you are and, and, and how much you should be celebrated because of that. You're supposed to tell the world how much better your life is because you had an abortion. And you're supposed to encourage other people to have an abortion. Celebrate abortion. That is sick. Are you with me? That is sick. Abortion is incredibly difficult and it's emotionally painful and it lasts with you forever. You remember a couple of years ago, we had people come to the, the TV studio and on video, they, they told their abortion stories. And we have adults who had abortions decades ago telling their story, many of them for the very first time, and they're breaking down in tears. Men and women, we had some men come in who, um, who encouraged their girlfriends to have an abortion, whatever, 40 years ago, breaking down at the, the emotional pain that's caused them. But today, in a, in a, cravenly depraved and spiteful way we're supposed to celebrate abortion 
Ugly is beautiful, is our culture today. Embrace ugliness. Embrace nastiness. Embrace gross. And your language and your speech and your everything. That is messed up. And there was a lot of that at the, the Women's March this last week. And I want to give you a bunch of examples next. one 888 Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. listening to Mike Slater. It's Slater Crusaders. Thanks for being here. So we're talking about how in light of uh, last weekend's Women's March, we're talking about how ugly is beautiful in today's culture. That's the best way I can put it. Maybe you can put it a different way, but ugly is embraced and celebrated. And again, I don't mean physical attractiveness. I don't mean supermodels. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean manners, values, language, dress, in, in a spiteful way, feminists and, and the culture setters of today embrace the worst of these and then try to spin it and make it a virtue. It's not, you know, there's, there's this movement a little bit ago about body positivity. Right? Fine. It's not about that. It's not about weight. It's about embracing ugliness. I, I'm not, I know I'm wading into dangerous territory here. Lena Dunham is, is the poster child of this, and so is Amy Schumer, but their goal is to be ugly. Lena Dunham posing in a bikini and on the front cover of a fashion magazine. She has about as much business doing that as I do playing violin in the San Diego Symphony. No business. Schumer is a foul-mouthed comedian talking about sex all the time with no humor at all. Lena Dunham takes a picture of herself on the toilet looking disgusting. And then when people are like, that's gross, she gets all high and mighty and self-righteous. Oh, yeah, but it's about body, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, no, it's gross. It's objectively gross. I'll give you an example of this from this last weekend at the Women's March. Did you see the hats that women were wearing? See the hats. People knitted what they called, and this is not a word I like to use, I'd never use, so I'm not going to use it here, even though apparently now it's an appropriate word to use on the radio and TV. Uh, but the word for female genitalia, the P word for female genitalia, they're called P hats. So they're the hats that look like vaginas. Okay, that's ugly. 
That is ugly. That is gross. Madonna gets up there and she's just she's just absurd because she's an artist and she drops the F-bomb on TV five times. Her language is gross. And it would be gross if a man did it too. It would be gross if men wore erection hats or whatever. It's just gross. Madonna talked about how many how she dreamed of blowing up the White House or whatever. Her her speech is gross. There was a speaker, I don't even know who it was, and she was wearing she was one of the official speakers, and she wore a, a shirt, and it said it had a heart and then abortion over and over all over the, the shirt. Heart abortion, love abortion. <laughs> so, so again, celebrating abortion. Their values are ugly. We have a, a feminist culture today that embraces especially on college campuses, embraces drinking and, and hooking up. But then decries the consequences of the drunk hookup culture, which are unwanted sexual experiences, right? So they celebrate a culture that leads to rape, and then they decry the rape. You, you with it? As opposed to embracing a culture of responsibility and sobriety and chastity or just general responsible behavior. So they preach irresponsibility, which is ugly, and then complain about the consequences of it. Do you see how that works? Have you seen the, it's the main symbol of the march. It's like the official symbol of the women's march was a drawing of a uterus, right? And this was all over the place. I want to be clear. This is not, um, I'm I'm talking mainstream things here, right? I'm not talking about the outliers. I'm not talking about the things that are near satanical, right? There was, there was a one poster that someone made with the Virgin Mary drawn with a vagina all over her body, right? It was, it wasn't her body. It was like, it was, so it's like, so I'm, I'm going to give the March and the organizers the benefit of the doubt that that person is just a lone nut job, even though there are plenty of those. I'm talking mainstream imagery, official speakers, and embraced slogans. So the main image iconography of the event is a uterus with the fallopian tubes, uh, and like the fallopian tube like extends and turns into a hand and 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 is flicking you off. Okay, that's ugly. Oh, it's, it's supposed to be shocking to gain awareness. No, shut up. It's ugly. Is that the awareness you want? This is the awareness you want? I, hate, I always hate that. Like, oh, you got to be shocking. in order. No, you don't. You have to be right. But anyway, so, so the mainstream imagery is a, is a uterus with a fallopian tube flicking you off. And the slogan is, bye, boy, which is from a Beyonce song called Sorry. And the, the lyrics go, middle fingers up, put them hands high, wave it in his face, tell him bye, boy. Tell him bye, boy, bye, boy, middle fingers up. Again, so it's ugly, right? So there's music embracing ugliness, absurdity. Like that, like, what is this? What's going on? <laughs> who, who, who wants to be a part of this? Do you want your daughters doing this? Do you want your wife going to something like this? What the heck is this? What's going on? Now, here's the kicker of that whole imagery. 
I hate to do this. I got to take a break. I'll, I'll tell you the great irony of the bye boy slogan of the Women's March. But I hope, I hope you, you get what I'm trying to say here. There's, there's a strong desire, and this happens in our lives a lot, I guess, where if you're upset or you're angry, out of spite, you do the opposite, right? Kids do it. Husbands do it. Wives do it. He said this. She said this. So I'm going to do the opposite in spite. And that's what this woman's march is. It's not reasonable. It's not sensible. It's not sane. It's not rational. It's not focused. It's, there's no self-control. There's no righteousness. There's nothing beautiful or excellent or praiseworthy about it. It's spiteful and it's ugly. But there's a lot in our culture that does that too. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. This is Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network. Later on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, let me wrap up this point here about the uh, the, the main slogan and, and uh, picture image of the Women's March. It's a uh, it's a uterus. It's a drawing of a uterus with the fallopian tube extended, and it f- turns into an arm, and then it's flicking you off. All right, beautiful, right? And then you have the slogan "Bye, boy." And again, that's from a Beyonce song, middle fingers up, put them hands high, wave it in his face, tell him bye, boy. Uh, be- be- oh, uh, Beyonce should be celebrated in our culture. Uh, Michelle Obama called her a great uh, you know, role model for women and blah, blah, blah. Again, embracing of the ugly. But the sl- let's just talk about the slogan, bye, boy. Bye, comma, boy. With a fallopian tube flicking you off. <laughs> the boy in this scenario is the government, right? Get the government out of our bedroom, that kind of thing. They want the government out of their lives, out of their reproductive lives, out of their womb. Okay. If, if you want to embrace a, a libertarian argument about that, that's great. But this is from their website, womensmarch.com. This is the official website. There's a bunch of categories why we march. And one of them is reproductive rights. Here it is. I'm just going to quote. I'm not going to leave anything out. We do not accept any federal, state, or local rollbacks, cuts, or restrictions on our ability to access, and access is such a loaded word there, quality reproductive health care services, birth control, HIV, AIDS care, and preventable or medically accurate sexuality education. This means open access, there it is again, to safe, legal, affordable abortion and birth control for all people, regardless of income, location, or education. Right? As Ann Althaus points out, it sounds like what they're really saying is, hi, government, hi, boy. <laughs> they're not saying bye boy they're saying hi boy get in here and never go away hey government get in my womb and never leave be involved in my women's health in every way possible including paying for it and never stop we don't accept any rollback we don't accept rolling back any involvement that the government currently has in my fallopian tubes <laughs> 
How interesting. So they simultaneously say, by government. But what they really mean is, never leave me, government. Are you with me? See how crazy that is? Bye, boy. And it's really, never leave. We don't accept any rollback of the control that you currently have over our reproductive health. And don't, don't kid yourself. Paying for it is control. Or you got money over it, you got control over it. And the crazy thing is the Republican message is we just don't want to pay for other people's abortions. That's it. And again, I agree with, uh, you know, there's, there's deeper things behind it all, but for the followers who are out there, it's all about abortion. Someone wrote on Twitter, we marched for many reasons. Wrote on my Twitter, we marched for many reasons. Planned Parenthood, Social Security, Medicare. Yeah, whatever. It was about abortion. And you couch it under women's rights. What are women's rights? Does anyone have any idea what are, what are women's rights? My wife asked me the other day, like Saturday, during this whole March thing. She's like, what are women's rights? <laughs> she's a woman. How does she not know what her rights are? Well, of course she does. She just, she just doesn't know what her extra rights are. What are her extra rights? She showed me one sign, and it was... Um, it was, we will pay for our tampons when men start paying for their razors. And, it's, <laughs> and every single person looking at that sign, you would think, looked at that and thought the exact same thing you're thinking right now, which is, men do pay for their razors. My wife asked what women's rights are because... She realizes the absurdity of that. There's no man's rights. There's no women's rights. There's just rights, human rights. Which again, always brings us back to the question, when does life begin? And science tells us life begins at conception. But those humans' lives don't count, according to these marchers, which is the greatest irony of all. Or the mother's rights trump the right of the baby inside of her. So maybe we should march for babies' rights. But again, that's absurd too because there's no such thing as babies' rights because the babies are human. It's just human rights. just rights. Last irony. On their website, um, this means, again, this is womensmarch.com. This means open access. Maybe we should spend a day or a segment and talk about what access means because you hear it all the time. There, there's, this is a great example of asking for clarification. When someone uses the word access, it's a buzzword. Ask them what they mean by that. They won't be able to define it, but I'll tell you what they really mean. Uh, this means open access to safe, legal, affordable abortion. There it is. And birth control for all people, regardless of income, location, or education. I posted on my Facebook page. Uh, you can search for the Mike Slater Show on Facebook. A sign, an official Planned Parenthood sign. So these are printed signs handed out. This isn't just one person with markers and a and a poster board. This is an official Planned Parenthood sign. And it says, don't take away my birth control. Now, we can talk about how no one's planning on taking away your birth control. That's a totally made up fear. But let's not even go there. I responded on Facebook. This is, I'll quote, you say you're worried about women having access to birth control. Or, as this sign says, taking away birth control. Do you know Republicans and President Trump want the pill to be available over the counter. 
It was the, the governors of Colorado and New Hampshire, specifically. And others would, too, but those two so far have proposed bills that would allow for the bill, the birth control pill, to be available over the counter. So it's as, as you have as much access to the pill as you would Advil. Okay, is anyone lacking access to Advil? No. So, we, so Republicans want to make the pill as, as accessible as Tylenol. And, Repu- and uh, Democrats are against it. Why? Planned Parenthood, they don't want it available over the counter because they want you to need a prescription so that it forces more women to walk through their doors. Right now, if you want the birth control pill, you got to get a doctor's prescription. You can get that at Planned Parenthood. If you don't need that anymore, then you don't need to go to Planned Parenthood for that anymore. And then they lose a reason for their existence. So I ask all the women marching this last weekend, all these people scared of Trump, all these people who hate Republicans, why are you against increasing access to birth control like President Trump wants to do? Why are you so anti-woman? All right, we take some calls. 1-888-933-93. And Slater Radio on Twitter. It's Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. On the Blaze Radio Network. Later on the Blaze Radio Network. Talking about the Women's March and how in our culture today, ugly is beautiful. Right? That we have to embrace what is ugly, what is vulgar, what is disgusting, what is gross, um, and, and lift that up as if it's beautiful, as if it's a virtue, as if it's righteous. And I think that's uh, that's wrong. So we uh, played out some examples of that earlier at uh, Top of the show. I, I, I want to make one more comment here about the Women's March. So I think we really got to learn some lessons about what we saw this weekend. There's really got to be a better way than marching. I, I, I really, I'm starting to think the only benefit of a rally or a march is to encourage yourself and make it make yourself feel better because you're not alone. Are you with me? If if getting together for a rally or a march or something is done for that purpose, then that's fine. Because it is really easy to think that you're all alone with your opinions and your principles. So getting around like-minded people can be encouraging in that regard. That's great. But if you want to get together and you want to march, and even one iota of you thinks that you're marching in order to change other people's minds on this issue or to raise awareness about an issue, no. The, the, that will never happen. You will never change someone's mind, change someone's mind about, a, about uh, an issue on a, with a march. You'll never make people aware of an issue from a march. There's got to be a better way. Now, I'm going to be critical of 
some people here that I agree with. So bear with me. Please know where this is uh, coming from. We mentioned earlier that there's a CNBC reporter this, this last weekend wrote on Twitter wondering if there's ever been a larger gathering of people to protest in history, which, which is crazy. Especially because every year there's a right to life march in Washington, D.C. Every year. That has about as many people who showed up this last weekend. There were about 700,000 people this last weekend for the Women's March. The Right to Life March in 2013 had 650,000. They average about 400,000 a year. Every single year. And that's good. Okay, you want to go to the Right to Life March, it's fantastic. If you want to be around like-minded people and encourage yourself and encourage others, perfect. But I also just like to encourage people to add something on to that because that's not enough. Feeling good about yourself, feeling encouraged, although necessary sometimes, isn't doesn't help anyone. What if people who marched for pro-life views spent some time volunteering at a pro-life pregnancy center? Now, you maybe get mad at me. Don't get mad at me if you do both. That's great if you do both. But if you only do the march and you think that you changed something, you didn't. Because I tell you, pro-life pregnancy centers could really use the calories that you spent marching. And instead of paying Delta $500 to fly to D.C. to march, if you donated that $500 to a pro-life pregnancy center, gosh, they could use that money. Now, if you did both, that's fine. But if you only flew to D.C. to march because you think you're actually helping people, you're not. And instead of spending the weekend in D.C. marching, what if you just spent one hour a week for the next year? volunteering at a pro-life pregnancy center. God, they could use your love. You can march if it makes you happy, but don't think it's changing anyone's mind. Because when you march today, really it's all about preaching to the converted. Last weekend, why would wearing, think about this truly, why would wearing a knit hat. And this isn't just one or two people. This is uh, at least 50% of the, the crowd I saw. Why would wearing a knit hat in the shape of a vagina convince anyone that you have any sane or rational opinions at all on anything? But why did they do that? To encourage each other. That's all that was. That wasn't about convincing anyone of anything. It was about solidarity. And solidarity doesn't help anyone. So something to keep in mind when the roles will be reversed because they will be in the future. It always does. Also, other couple of things we can learn. If you march about every issue, then that march is about nothing. Meaning like if you're at one march and you're marching literally about 20 different things and if you went up to 20 different people at the women's marches last weekend, they would say 20 different reasons why they're marching. So if you're marching for everything, then it's about nothing. And if you march about everything all the time, well, you're just the boy who cried wolf. If you march about everything all the time, then you're really marching about nothing ever. And if you march about nothing, which is what this last march was, if you ever want to march about something, we've lost all credibility. Unless you bring your vagina hats, then maybe we'll give you... No, like that's not going to help either. Does that make sense? Like, let's say there's actual a legitimate issue that let's say Trump does something really wrong, and and uh, these women who marched last weekend want to march again. Like, no one's gonna care if you march every single day. But I just want to really let's let's really think about this moving forward as conservatives. 
or I am a conservative, you are too. I don't want to march or protest like what we saw last weekend because all it does is give off this air of superiority and self-righteousness as opposed to actually helping people and making a true difference. It's not about making yourself feel good, right? That's what these marches are all about. It's about making yourself feel good. And if you need that, that's fine. If you want that, that's fine. But you're not helping other people. So what are we doing? Is it about making ourselves feel good or is it about helping other people? Something to think about. All right, coming up next, I want to try something. Uh, this could could fail miserably here, but I, I want to give it a shot because I think I think there's some really, really important lessons here. Do you know someone in your life, and the answer is yes, but do you know someone in your life who is hysterical against Trump? Just out of their mind, crazy. Just He's going to put people in internment camps. He's going to start nuclear war. He's the worst president we've ever had. Like, they're just way, way over the top. No, no, listen, people can disagree. Policy, of course, of course. But just, like, like, I'm, like you're worried about this person. I think we all know that person. Why? Why are they like that? I want to play a clip here of a woman who has deep fears about Donald Trump and about his presidency. But... She works through them, and ultimately, after 25 minutes of this, and obviously we're not going to play the whole thing, but she works through these fears, and at the end, I'll give you the punchline, she realizes she made them all up. She made every single one of them up. This is an amazing moment of awareness and humility and snapping out of it. I've never seen anything like it. And, and I really hope I can I can share this story well enough that it, it makes sense for you. Um, we're going to do that coming up next. I'm really, really excited about it. one 888 and Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On The Blaze Radio Network.